Welcome to the Out the Mud Podcast. Today we have my guest, Paul Schmitzer, cryptocurrency wizard. Uh, basically, what we're going to talk about today is everything you wanted to know about crypto, a little bit that you didn't know. And uh, hopefully, you enjoy. Thanks for listening, and I'm very excited to see where this goes. Thank you. Um, well, thanks for having me. I'm real uh, appreciative of being able to talk to you, and I think this uh, this will be fun. Uh, I'll try to explain crypto so people can understand, and I'm not like an overall expert, so but I've been in it for a long time, so I'm enough to be dangerous. That's right. Um, well, do you just want to kind of take us from, I guess, school, college, what you got into, what do you do, or what you did do? Yeah. Uh, so I'm born and raised in Columbus. Um, Ohio and I uh, boys kind of love designing stuff taking stuff apart um, and uh, got that from my dad who's a self-taught engineer so uh, grew up you know kind of tinkering with stuff and that sort of led to me wanting to uh, just do some kind of design or building something when I grew up so I kind of went back and forth with uh, doing car design or different things like that, always was sketching and ended up uh, actually really, f you know, loving designing buildings, houses really to start. And then it became, uh, you know, getting into other stuff that's uh, architecture related. So I focused on that in high school and uh, ended up going to Ohio State University for uh, architecture and uh, graduated from there after a number of years in college. You guys will you know, understand that when you go through it. But um, yeah, so got a degree in architecture and uh, pretty much was working in architecture, uh, have been doing that uh, healthcare architecture for, you know, 20 years. So that's sort of my background. Um, love doing healthcare. Uh, typically, I'm on the uh, front end. So I design, uh, you know, hospitals I do all the design on the exterior and do some of the planning and that you know just really love that um, probably around 2011 it, you know I guess before that in 2000 I stopped I kind of caught the entrepreneurial bug um, my buddy and I we were doing a lot of 3d visual stuff back in 2000 which was sort of the start of being able to do 3d stuff on computers and uh, the two of us kind of, you know, we were young and uh, we had been doing architecture for a little bit, maybe five years. And we were like, you know, why don't we do this on our own, consult out to the firms we work for. So we actually started our own company um, and uh, we, it was a 3D design visual and graphics like uh, design firm. And uh, so we worked with the big firms, we worked with developers and people, you know, doing commercial real estate. And uh, we uh, just kind of did all the work for them, so marketing and all that kind of stuff. And then when I was doing that, I really caught, I never knew I wanted to kind of start my own business. I never really had that. I always wanted to just do design stuff. And running that, I really kind of got the bug for being, being your own man, you know, like, okay. you know, like being in charge of what you're doing, um, you know, uh, having your own schedule, kind of directing where you go. Um, found out, you know, you, you end up putting a lot more hours in 
when it's something you're passionate about and it's something you're, you, that's yours. So, uh, you know, we were working a lot of hours. We weren't getting paid very much uh, to start. But it's just, you know, when, you, when you're doing your own thing, you know, that's just part of the – it's not necessarily about, uh, you know, trying to compensate yourself with that. You're building something that's yours and, and making an impact uh, that you fully drive. So I really like that. Um, I did that for just two years, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and really kind of, um, we were slowing down and I was really missing actually, we were in two different spots. So I was starting a family, so I wanted something more stable. So I went, ended up going back to architecture for a few more years too. But during doing that, I kind of still had that bug of, I think sometime I was going to do my own thing again. Um, whether it was architecture, it could have been something else. Didn't know. Um, so in around 2011, I read a, a Wired magazine uh, article. I was always reading different tech magazines, and they had an article called "The Rise and Fall of Bitcoin." So I, uh, you know, was reading that article and was you know reading about this, uh, you know, digital currency. So a whole bunch of people had tried to do it forever, and they couldn't figure out how to stop the double spend, which is basically you know, what's stopping anybody from copying and pay, spending money digitally and just respending the same money over and over and over again. Um, you, can, you can't do that with uh, paper money, you know, like we have, or even credit cards because everything's tracked. So this was kind of a in-depth article about that in general, but then this crazy rise it had because of Silk Road and um, you know, the dark neck markets and, you know, people just all of a sudden using it and, and then a fall where it went up to $32. It started at zero, it went up to $32. So all these, you know, a small amount of people that were mining them um, and they were worthless. You know, I think it, during that time there was someone who sold, you guys probably read, heard about it, but there was a guy that sold pizzas. He bought two pizzas or mm-hmm. whatever for 10,000 oh, Bitcoin. Wow. (laughs) Which now is like millions of dollars. So that's, a lot of people say that's the first uh, real world kind of, you know, transaction with it. But so there was all these people that had like thousands that were worth nothing. And all of a sudden the article comes out or use case where it was Silk Road, you know, Mm -hmm. people buying and selling stuff uh, where supposedly this was anonymous currency rise rose up to 32 bucks and fell back back to about a buck yeah it was like a huge dramatic pop to this bubble um but i'm sure that in the meantime i wasn't involved in that but i was just reading about it i was like this is really interesting um and i was always interested in investing stuff and so that that was really what kicked me into researching it and after i started reading it for just maybe a couple days um about bitcoin and uh, blockchain I was really hooked. I think like a lot of people get, mm-hmm. um, you, you just kind of start really just getting in depth in it and you can't believe that someone actually figured out how to, um, not only create a coin that could, uh, you know, be used and, and, and prevention against double spend, but even the blockchain part. So there was that c- currency part in the blockchain part where you could have a public ledger and just computers could keep track of everything you didn't need a third party like bank or anybody Mm -hmm. or government to regulate it so uh 
so that was 2011, and uh, I started, I, I, you know, I started investing in certain things. Litecoin had just come out there uh, around then, just in late 2010, and uh, Ripple was coming out around then. Um, so we, you know, it was just maybe about a dozen projects, and uh, so I started investing in things there with the, you know, amount of money we had, just basic stuff. In hindsight, it would have been nice to have a lot of money invested in right um started doing that and just um kind of been in in it ever since um i i kept doing architecture i still you know just recently kind of downsized my amount of architecture i'm doing but um it was sort of a fun side thing for a while i didn't i wasn't very active in it i just used i just did it for investment real really Mm -hmm. um you know, would kind of chat with people and stuff, but it wasn't involved too much in it. It was it was always you know a peripheral thing. Um, and around 2013 or so, uh, so there was a big bubble um, in 2012, 2013, maybe 13 and 14, and uh, we pretty much kind of unloaded everything that we had built up to that point. Um, yeah, and. Uh, kind of took a little break from it we had a little bit in it but um there was a lull for a couple of years um it was the, like the second big bubble or whatever and uh when i got back into it um i really started focusing on like around late 2013 privacy coins so privacy was like a a big thing i was focused on and um we uh i started kind of researching projects and kind of got involved in a few projects and that led to me getting involved with uh like really seeing you know a lot of potential in Monero and um Shadow Cash and um I think there might have been one more in there that's not around anymore but um just really starting to focus a lot on those people that were really doing some privacy stuff trying Mm -hmm. to fix the privacy and that's in Bitcoin and so through that sort of investment um i actually became more involved uh in both projects a little bit but um started to more focus on shadow cash versus monero um there was uh and it was purely community driven i wasn't too keen on the monero yeah uh, community so and was really interested in that that shadow cash was doing more than just a currency they were trying to build a platform uh to be able to you know buy and sell stuff and stuff like that so i became a big and sort of a big investor in that um and then when it came and then i just got involved in it enough to where uh when they they did the big pivot at the beginning of this year um they were looking for some more help to grow the team and they had asked me to come on board so that was the first Shadow Cash was the first project I started getting a little more in, into, and then um, Particle is what um, we kind of like stopped development on Shadow Cash and created a whole new project um, that's on built on you know better technology and better privacy. Um, but we invited the old Shadow Cash people to be or investors to be part of this project. It was a you know it was an exchange, and then I became part of that project. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now. So that was at the beginning of the year, all year long. I've kind of been leading, doing two jobs, trying to get, trying to, you know, do this startup 
uh, which was you know a cryptocurrency blockchain startup, and then also uh, you know do my real job, um, which you know supported us, and uh, then just recently, I, so that was most of 2017, and then uh, we kind of decided as a family that that was taking too much of my time, so um, we had to pick one, and uh, to be honest, like after 20 years, architecture was kind of getting a little boring. Yeah. Uh, I really feel like the big the, this technology that blockchain's doing is uh, amazing and it's fun to be part of and so we made the decision to you know cut back all my time in uh, architecture essentially retiring from that and moving full-time into continuing work on particle and uh, you know continue with that so um, you know it's a big shift not not something I had planned on seven years ago when I got involved in it but uh, it's you know it's it's a really cool it's been fun you know it's been fun learning about it and then uh, sort of being on the peripheral and then being part of it and then just being in the middle of it and the stuff we're actually doing right now is uh, really impressive I think we're uh, there's so many projects I think we're gonna end up being you know one of the ones that stick around uh, time will tell but right yeah, so huh now for um like the currencies that, um, like the shadow cash and everything like that, what gives it that competitive advantage over Bitcoin? Yeah, so Bitcoin, uh, when it was created, was supposed to be anonymous. So uh, there was, you know, just, there was no names attached to the addresses. So you had addresses, nobody knew actually who owned those addresses. So you could move coins back and forth um, and it was all verified on a public ledger. Uh, what ended up happening was there's uh, companies that have started where you could actually, in that system, you can trace uh, coins, so you can follow coins through the um, network all the way backs, and you can link uh, addresses. So it's sort of pseudo-anonymous. It's not necessarily purely private block. The Bitcoin isn't. So uh, that became evident kind of early maybe about 2012, 2013 is when you started seeing some privacy coins. And what they are doing, and Bitcoin does this too, a lot of research on the Bitcoin developers, they do all this research um, and have developed privacy features that just haven't been put into Bitcoin. So a lot of that research uh, gets used in other projects that it's a little easier to push that into the mm -hmm. uh, blockchain. So uh, a lot of these projects like uh, Litecoin or Rcoin Particle, different ones that kind of are built off the latest Bitcoin, we, we can kind of be a test bed, I guess, in a way, too, for some of this technology that the researchers are doing. So what, we, so what Shadowcash, the privacy for that used to be dual stealth addresses. I can't really get in. I mean, it's, it's uh, basically there's cryptography, which... Um, it mixes so if you send typically if you were to send me a um, Bitcoin or whatever it would come from one address your address to me um, and that's and then I receive it and when you go on to ledger you can see that uh, this address sent this address this amount right so uh, with uh, some of the privacy like dual stealth addresses um, zero knowledge proofs both of those were in shadow cache 
Monero uses uh, confidential transactions or ring, ring signature confidential transactions, which uh, is basically um, like ring, ring signatures bring in other addresses. So if you sent me a coin from uh, Monero or, you know, like Particle would use this, our testnet has ring signature t uh, transactions uh, just like Monero. So if you sent me a uh, coin, um, it gets pulled together with a number of other addresses. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then those addresses are kind of mixed together and then that coin comes to me. So when somebody looks back at it, they don't see a specific address. They see a number of addresses. They don't know who it actually came from. Um, and then what confidential, so that's ring signatures. Um, that's something different that Bitcoin doesn't have. Um, and then uh, confidential transactions basically breaks the amount. So it can hide the amount uh, 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 that's being sent. So you essentially are breaking linkability and traceability. So all of a sudden, if you combine both of these, you can't, you, uh, the amounts that are being transferred from person to person are unknown. Um, so you can't see that this you know, Bitcoin or what, it's not on Bitcoin, but say this particle uh, amount, we don't know how much particle was sent from this person to this person. Therefore, if that ever leaves that address, we don't know how much from this past. You can't trace it back anymore. And then linkability, you just can't um, link addresses anymore. So uh, there's no connection between your address and my address anymore uh, because it's been... Um, combined with a bunch of other addresses so there's so there's a privacy side of that and it's not necessarily uh, a lot of people get mixed up with privacy and secrecy like just because it's private and we don't want people to know how much we're sending or whatever doesn't mean we're doing anything in secret it's just mm -hmm. a human right that um you know the blockchain's awesome that all these computers can uh, validate everything and, you know, in Bitcoin, you can go back and look at everything and you can actually see addresses and how much coins they have in it and stuff like that. Um, there's a privacy f factor in there where does everybody really need to know how many coins you have or what addresses you use or anything like that. And I think that's where a lot of these privacy projects like Arc, like Particle is where, um, you know, there's... You know, it's just trying to, you know, add that level of privacy to something. So we use cryptography essentially to validate all the transactions, just like Bitcoin, but we do it in a way where information doesn't need to be out in public. So it, it all happens the same way. They work the same exact way. It's just there's some more uh, cryptography on top of it that um, provides that privacy, I guess sort of a little starts to get confusing with a lot of the technology stuff like that but um the biggest the biggest ones are you know bitcoin's kind of pseudo anonymous nobody knows who you you are or what address is yours until there's some event where that address is revealed so like you know like if you were to post your address uh for a donation or um just as you know whatever so like say with your blog post you know you may start accepting bitcoin as donations for you oh, know okay. the information you're providing 
once you put that on, that's linked to your name, right? If it's a Bitcoin address. And so everybody can see how much donations you get. And, you know, so that's sort of a easy use case. Um, with Particle or Monero, you know, that starts to be... Particle has a public side. We're just like Bitcoin, where everything's public. But we also have the option to be able to make things private, too, where you can't see amounts and you can't see addresses, ultimately. So. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot there. Yeah. So what... Um, basically, I kind of want to go more into depth on Particle and... Um, okay what kind of your goal is for it i guess what essentially it is other than a cryptocurrency uh what you guys are trying to build sure uh so uh well particle essentially is a privacy platform so when i say platform it's more than just the currency so particle our part token p-a-r-t is the currency it's a privacy currency but also we're building um just to have a currency to us doesn't make sense because all you're going to do is use it to move it from exchange to exchange and probably, you know, I mean, that's really what the majority of transactions are, unless you're Bitcoin or something else that is being accepted at a place. So um, just creating a currency to create a currency, you know, there's thousands of them out there. Probably 90% of the currencies out there are just coins. Um, we didn't see any value in that. We probably would have never done particle if it, if, if it was just to create another privacy coin. So we're building a platform, so there's the currency part of it, and right now we're getting ready to release this quarter a marketplace, so you can, you can use the currency to buy and sell and earn particle on it. So once you combine those two, ultimately you're building an economy, so a decentralized economy, because this is all peer-to-peer. -peer. So we're doing so the, basically the vision of Particle was to be a privacy platform where people can communicate and, uh, you know, trade back and forth or, or uh, you know, with commerce or whatever it happens to be in private, you know, anonymously. So, um, so we have the currency, we have a utility, which is the marketplace, and that together kind of forms a platform. Um, and ultimately the platform, probably down the road, maybe a year or two, is something that other projects can build uh, apps onto so like decentralized apps sort of like what ethereum does with all the um, projects built on ethereum those are basically just applications on ethereum um, that might be able to be possible on ours and you could use the privacy side of it as a privacy platform so um, so we're cr so essentially we're Ultimately, all these moves are to create a decentralized, like, anonymous economy. So people can, uh, essentially, you don't have to move your coins outside of, uh, back into the bank to be able to buy things. You know, you can just, uh, I guess, you know, thinking about it as far as um, the crypto space, another thing we want to do is be able to allow other people, other coins to work on the particle marketplace. So we're crypto agnostic. So we basically, if other, you know, if someone has Monero or, uh, you know, Litecoin or whatever, they could, they could shop on the marketplace. So they don't have to transfer into particle and they definitely don't have to transfer out of cryptocurrency into a 
something and use PayPal or something like that. Okay. So, so they can use their so the, a good value proposition, I guess, for cryptocurrency is that um, as a whole, you know, this is a use case for all projects. So um, we're not just building it exclusively for Particle. So in doing that, we're hoping that you know to spur an economy, you kind of need you need the money, but then you need a place to spend it and you need a place for people to earn it, and then you kind of have that cycle going. So that's essentially what we're doing with Particle. Um, it takes some time to build it, so we've done, the, we've done the foundation, which is the code, we've done the currency, which is the privacy coin, we're you know neck deep in doing the marketplace, which comes out this quarter, and, uh, and then from there, you know, it'll probably expand into some other stuff, so. That's that. Like I said, ninety percent of a lot of projects, cryptocurrency projects, are specifically just a currency. That's all they are. Yeah, there's nothing else to there's it. There's nothing else, it, and that's how Bitcoin started. And that's, to be honest, how Bitcoin is. It's a currency. Okay. Uh, it's sort of considered a store of value now. It's the price is so high, but um, that, that's that's its deal. That's what it does. It's just a currency. There's nothing else. Uh, no other part of it and you have something like um, ethereum which is a good uh, example that came out a few like three four years ago now um, that's uh, a platform that has a coin on it that's a utility so ethereum is or ether is the uh, like the fuel on that so everything that happens goes through that token to be able to move and all these projects that are building uh, doing ICOs and sort of startups that are starting on it, all of them start on Ethereum. So now all of a sudden you have hundreds of projects using the same token, the Ethereum token essentially, to do coding and all on one chain. So it's you know it starts to get congested in a way too. So is there um, any way you can avoid that that congestion? Yeah, totally. So uh, that's a good question. We. Uh, that was one of the things we had to go through when we were starting our project. So what were we going to build Particle on? Shadow Cash was built on Bitcoin, but Ethereum offered a whole bunch of uh, value as far as smart contracts and being able to do all that. But they also lacked some of the privacy to it too. So ultimately, we felt like the, the most hardened and uh, strongest and best and oldest and most developed uh, code base was what we were going to do so we chose bitcoin which was definitely against the grain everybody else starts on ethereum it seems like the last two years so a year mm -hmm. or two um so that was that was a point we had to decide are we going to build this on ethereum or bitcoin and there were a couple feet a couple reasons why one was just what you asked how can you stop all that bloat that's going to happen on there we wanted our own chain blockchain to be able to everything that we did was on particle it's not built on bitcoin and it's not built on ethereum so we don't have to worry about other projects at least right now in the future if we bring on other projects you know we'll have to worry about scaling but we wanted to um uh have our own chain that we can you know like build up and everything on there is you know we could add the privacy that we wanted and different things like that so to be able to uh, operate your own chain is important. Um, 
so that was one reason. And then we also, uh, the technology we use in our marketplace uh, deals with, you know, we actually can do smart contracts on Bitcoin. They're not as extensive as Ethereum, but we have uh, built-in contracts that we've used uh, that deal with, um, that we use for our escrow and stuff like that. We, so we, so that was a reason we did it, and privacy essentially is the reason we did it too, where um, Bitcoin's, uh, well, particles like a private, you know, all the enhancements we did onto Bitcoin, uh, we could do that easily, easier and better if we had the Bitcoin code base. So those were some of the, the reasons. But the way you, uh, you know, getting back to the bloat, um, it'll be interesting to see just in not related to particle, but just crypto in general. Last year, a whole bunch of dApps were built, dApps or decentralized apps, applications. Those were built, all these projects started, uh, essentially a huge rush of them started last year. Um, typically in, in investing in venture capitals, uh, investing, you have about six months or so to start to produce something. You, like mm -hmm. people want to, the people that gave you the money want to see a product typically in about six months, yeah. nine months maybe. Something tangible. Yeah. So uh, all these things that started, that's something to you know, look forward to this year. All these companies that raised all this crazy money, they're going to have to uh, start producing something or they're going to lose their credibility, you know, and kind of be labeled as a scam because, for one, they raised way more money than they needed to and uh, they don't have anything to show for it, so. Uh, we did ours different, um, you know, I can explain that if you wanted to, too, but it's up to you. Yeah, we can go ahead and get into that real quick. Yeah, so, um, you know, with Particle, we didn't do an ICO. We did a token exchange, so we had old investors that were in Shadow Cash, and we moved it into uh, Particle. So we did a one-for-one -one swap. That's an old blockchain by itself. We had a new blockchain. So we offered a one-to-one -one swap, and in the process of doing that, they could also donate to the development of the marketplace. And we set up a nine-month window to be able to build that. Um, and we only raised enough money to be able to fund a team to build that. So our uh, donation amounts uh, essentially were limited to shadow cash people and uh, or investors and or contributors. and um, Essentially, we raised less than a million dollars. So, um, you know, we just put out a year in review uh, of what we've done this year, and I think it was a good wake-up call for all, you know, personally, we're proud of it, but, you know, we, we basically in six months have done, like, a huge amount of stuff with, like, a small budget. It's almost like this is what a million dollars in the crypto space should buy you. Yeah, you're bootstrapping your coin. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, if a team is asking for more and delivering less, like you shouldn't. Yeah, it should be a red flag. There. Yeah. And if they're, you know, if they're, you know, depending on what they're delivering or anything like that, you really need to kind of look at that. So um, this, this year, I think, will be important for that. This will be a pivotal year to see if all these companies that raised ridiculous amounts of money actually can do something other than what you know 
what they said on five sheets of paper. Right. What they said on the front page of their website. Exactly. Yeah. That's the easy stuff is doing the marketing. It's just actually developing. So it's a really interesting space. Um, you know, depend, you know, based on, uh, actually being on the inside of a project, cryptocurrency project, um, you know, when we started out, uh, we had a hard time finding developers, um, and I think all projects deal with that. Um, you know, you can have all these great ideas and what you want to do, but you really can't, um, you know, get into, you really have to kind of, you know, map it out the right way and manage it the right way, and finding the talent in this space is hard. So um, that's another uh Thing I'm always leery of when I hear new pitches or anything from projects is, you know, what you're asking, what you're saying could be, you know, game changer, could, mm-hmm. could change the world. But can you really deliver that? You know, with, uh, can you get developers that know what they're doing? Can Build you that team. Forward them. Yeah, stuff like that. So um, creating a project in the crypto space, it's sort of like started doing a startup, essentially. You know, we, you know, we're not a company We're, you know, we don't, we don't gain anything from the products we're building. There's no monetary gain our team gets from anything we put out. It's all open source. And, um, we, you know, we are, we are funded by our nonprofit foundation. So, um, they kind of pay for the development and the um, research and all that stuff. Um, so anything we do, we're not, you know, benefited from it at all you know Mm -hmm. so but it's still like a it's like a startup you know you're asking for some seed money and you're you know developing stuff and uh, you know you know it's just trying to get the um you know making sure your vision's right and and uh you know being able to build what you're proposing um takes a lot of work you know it's it's not something somebody can create in a few months and throw out there which I mean, which unfortunately you see in this space. So there's just so many projects. I don't know. Yeah. How many hours a week are you putting into Particle usually? Uh, probably. Well, up till now it was about thirty to forty a week. So I had a full time job plus on top of thirty that. to forty. Yeah, and a family. Oh geez. <laughs> yeah. So for a year that really wore us down. So that was a big reason why we decided family first and let's change down to just focusing on particle so i'll i'll still be doing more than 40 hours a week mm-hmm. on this but um it's more flexible because you know i'll be working from home or from a you know entrepreneur office or something and mm-hmm. and uh be able to kind of do a few hours here a few hours there that kind of stuff so and it's all for the most part all online so i can be anywhere yeah, you can kind of just sit wherever you want and do it. Yep. Good yep. deal. Now, your coin's mineable, correct? It's not mineable. It's stakeable. Stakeable. Now, yeah. the difference between being stakeable and being mineable is what? Okay, so uh, mineable, proof of work is uh, can, is mineable coins. Proof of stake is stakeable coins. Mining coins uh, are like Bitcoin or Litecoin or Ethereum. Those uh, require uh, a lot of hardware extra hardware and stuff to actually solve problems so you need to have uh, really high-end stuff and and uh, those solve 
problems on the network to uh, it's how Bitcoin was invented and worked out in the white paper but um, it's basically used that to validate the blocks so proof of work and proof of stake are two what I would consider well what they are is consensus mechanisms so the fact that uh, blockchains um, basically peer-to-peer so you need some consensus so typically and it's all trustless because uh, which is cool because um, there's no uh, governing body there's no company that can be uh, charge fees or, or sh- shut it down or anything like that so it's all peer-to-peer but you need since you don't have the government since you don't have a company or any third person that's uh, providing consensus you need consensus on there so that's what proof of work was developed as as a consensus mechanism this you know for these transactions to go through they need to be you know some some amount of work needs to be solved and then all those other people connected they uh, validate that transaction and then if it's not right then that transaction doesn't go through or if it's already gone through the other ones ignore any attempt to put it through again Mm -hmm. back to the double spend proof of stake was developed, uh, I think, by Sunny King for Pure Coin in 2012 or 13. Um, I'm not sure my history. Anyway, it is a consensus mechanism, same way, but it doesn't require any crazy hardware or amount of money spent. You can do it on a real simple, like even small little Raspberry Pi or something like that. Essentially, it recognize it it needs to uh it recognizes the coins that are inside of a wallet so if you're holding a wallet that has tokens in it um you can essentially uh, turn it on for staking and the network will borrow those coins and after they borrow and they'll use that for to provide consensus and then after they borrow it they'll uh pay you a reward so miners get a reward for solving blocks, stakers get an overall reward. They, they allow that um, those tokens to be available and uh, get a reward. So to me, when I think of staking, I think of a bank. Um, basically, when you put your, and this may be the wrong analogy. If it is, I'll probably hear about it. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> this is how I picture it when I try to explain people. So a bank, you have a savings account you put money into that savings account and they offer an interest rate. So banks borrow that, borrow your money that you have in their bank. Even if it always says that you have that much money in the bank, typically they're leveraging that for something they're doing, either mortgage loans or whatever. Um, and in return for borrowing that, they're going to pay you a, an interest rate from that. So all your savings accounts have interest rates to them and they're typically pretty low. With staking, um, it's the same thing. Like for particle, we have a 5% inflation, which is essentially like a 5% interest rate for the first year, which goes down to, all the way down to 2% from year four on. And essentially, our network would borrow staking coins, and when it does, it pays you back uh, 1.5 Bitcoin right, or particle right now, which is 5% of the total supply. So our total supply increases 5% every year. Well, the first year, then 4%, then 3 And uh, 
all that new particle that's created goes to stakers. So, um, so that's kind of, I guess, the difference between the two. Uh, in general, the mining, mining is uh, having a huge amount of uh, work, like graphic cards or anything like that, to and heat and all that, to try to solve stuff. Staking, you basically just have a simple wallet that has coins in it, and the network net network borrows that, and that's how consensus is, you know, formed. So, um, it's a lot more environmentally friendly, and um, a lot of times miners too have set coin supplies. So, like Bitcoin has only ever they'll only ever have 21 million coins, and I think Litecoin's like 84 million, which is four times what Bitcoin is. Mm -hmm. um, mining coins typically have a set amount of, um, like that's their total supply ever. So it kind of makes it scarcer. There's no inflation. They're deflationary because some get lost. Um, so there's value that's added with that. Um, deflationary means more rare like gold there's only so much gold that's in the world or silver so that's where the value comes from uh, staking coins are inflationary so there's so much you need to add coin supply to be able to pay the people that are building your consensus and um, so staking's typically uh, inflationary but there's still a value in it because uh, when you stake when you mine and stake, that's passive income. So you're getting passive income um, from that. The thing is with mining, uh, it's real centralized. So, th so you need a lot of money to be able to buy a lot of miners. And typically there's you know maybe a dozen or even a half dozen around the world that are like the big, big players. Okay. That. And so <clears throat> that's kind of scary because uh, if you have 12 people or 12 companies or whatever that are solving all the information, they could easily uh, overtake. I mean, they could really drive decisions on the network because you have 12 people that could be like, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna validate that transaction. We're not gonna worry about this transaction. Or, you know, they they have a lot of pull. Whereas staking has, um, it's just people with it in the wallet. So there's not necessarily. A centralized thing and all the rewards that go to miners go to those people that are mine solving the problem so you know the majority of all the passive income on a mining setup is typically to the people with the biggest and best equipment and all the money involved and I wouldn't be surprised if miners who mine Bitcoin also mine Litecoin and also mine Ethereum and also mine all these things so they <clears throat> as a single per or you know as a person that uh is just getting into crypto if you're thinking of passive income mining's probably not the way to go like a proof of stake coin would so um you could essentially you know in our community we have people that have said it already that they're just living off of their passive income from stake so they have enough stake enough coins that they've purchased over the you know time we've been around to be able to they just that five percent that they're getting is enough to sustain whatever they do. So I'm assuming they're young people because there's not much bills when, you know, family or all that stuff mm -hmm. with bills. But um, so, sorry, that's a whole bunch of information. But you had asked, you know, 
I think I answered it, uh, mining and staking. And then um, I wanted to throw in there that passive income because that's, that's one of our value propositions is that, you know, we, we give you 5%, you know, you can earn 5% passive income on Particle plus that marketplace I was talking about where all these coins can be used at. Um, all the fees from that, 100% of the fees from that go to stakers. So, um, so you're not only getting any fees from the transactions, you're also getting any fees, 100% of the fees from the marketplace. So again, we're not a company, we're uh, just a you know project that's building this stuff. So we don't take in any fees, we don't you know dictate anything on the marketplace. It's all community driven. So. Okay. So something I kind of want to touch on is it is a decentralized marketplace. What kind of gives Particle an advantage over some of the other marketplaces that are involved in the crypto space? Okay. Yep. I can answer that. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are other projects, decentralized marketplaces, some that have been out for a while. So Open Bazaar has uh, been out, you know, for a long time. Uh, Syscoin has a uh, block market, which is out um, and there's BitBay, and there's a few other Ethereum ones that are trying to start up. Um, I think SafeX, I haven't looked too much into them yet, but um, and Particles. So there's a number of them, and I think that these teams are realizing we need uh, use cases for, well, Open Bazaar started as a use case for Bitcoin. You know, um, the big rush was that Silk Road where people were buying and selling stuff, and this was kind of Open Bazaar was born out of that. Not, not related to it, but uh, the thought of, you know, well, why does a company or a person have to operate a marketplace? Why does eBay or Amazon have to run it? If this is peer-to-peer -peer currency, why can't we do peer-to-peer -peer trading of goods or buying and selling goods? So um, they were one of the, f you know, first uh, groups to start that up and get funding, and they're, they're funded. Um, uh, so... And then Syscoin followed and different things followed. So um, for Particle, there's probably five things I can talk about that I think make us different. Um, now, some of those projects may touch one or two of these, but all in all, I think that these, I think there's about five things that make Particle Market different. And one of the disclaimers I'd say is, I think all these teams, I hope all these teams are doing this as um, the biggest goal is that we want to give choice to people, right? So we're not, Particle will never say we're going to overthrow Amazon. I mean, this is like a bazillion dollar company. I think Bezos just became the richest yeah, man in the world, the right? Guy in the world. Yeah, so uh, he has uh, magnitudes more resources than we have. Um, they do tons of other stuff besides just um besides just you know selling books online or whatever you know people buy online so <clears throat> particle at least now other projects do say this it's a pitch point for them but um, our goal is not necessarily to overtake amazon you know if if that ever happens you know that's awesome but we're not that's not a mission of a vision for us nor eBay or Etsy or anything like that. Um, I think the whole idea with Satoshi uh, developing Bitcoin was to give people back the 
the uh, ownership of their money, right? To um, to have a choice uh, to not be controlled by other companies. Uh, so particles the same same way. That's our the same way we are with our marketplace. So um, you know we're we're doing a decentralized market to help build the economy that we're trying to build that's peer-to-peer. Um, and we're offering it to other coins, so we're not being exclusive. Um, and we, uh, we're doing this as a choice. So it's going to be a different shopping experience than people are used to online. Um, but we think it's a more private and better choice. And ultimately, you have all the control. So all these projects, Open Bazaar and Syscoin and all those guys, Ultimately, that's hopefully their vision, too, that these are all choices. So while we're all competitors, we're also kind of all hopefully having the same goal of all these All these ultimately are choices, you know. We're not set out to destroy any of the other decentralized marketplaces necessarily. So, But we do have features that make us, um, I think, better. So I'll talk about them. So the first one is, uh, you know, we're not for profit. So that was the Particle Foundation started, um, and nobody on our team holds Particle besides the personal Particle that they own. Um, we don't get any kickback from the network um, for Particle or anything like that. Everything we're doing is open source, and it's just um, to help build this project. So um, you know that so. There's other projects like Open Bazaar is a for-profit. It's it's operated by OB1, which is a for-profit company, and they actually have venture firms that have given them money. So uh, their business model is a little different, but uh, because it's related around for-profit, um, whereas Particle's different. So we're not for profit, and uh, we have nothing to gain from. Um, uh, anything that happens on the marketplace financially, right? So um, so that's a big plus. Um, passive income, um, that's one of the biggest things I think we have. Uh, that would be topic two. That would be, you know, uh, number two on my list would be passive income, where basically if you're on um, Particle, like I said earlier, all the transaction fees and all the listing fees every fee that happens on the marketplace goes to stakers so you could actually hold particle in a wallet and never use the marketplace and you could benefit from all the traffic that goes on in the marketplace just like so you could get passive income uh, from you could get income fees and listing fees from that marketplace without ever using that product you you wouldn't have to vend you wouldn't have to list items or sell items or anything so all of that goes back to stakers so that's i think a big plus you don't have to um set up in a store and only earn particle from whatever profits you have from selling so if you were selling radios for this but you bought them for this that's a way you can earn income too but this is passive income so this is not doing anything and just being able to reap the benefits of it. So, um, like on Open Bazaar again, not to pick on them, they're a great project, but um, it's different. They they don't they can't offer passive income. Um, they they rely on the Bitcoin network, which is run by miners, and every fee that's on there goes to either Ob1, which is the for-profit company, 
or it goes to moderators who are on there that get a little cut, or it goes to um, the miners who are doing all the transactions. So, so it's different. Um, governance is probably the third one where we have uh, the the marketplace. Like I said, it's not controlled by anybody. So we're a decentralized marketplace. Um, <clears throat> all the governance happens by the particle holders so everything that's listed if it's illegal or something listed on there it'll stand out and people can vote to have it kicked off we won't have a big red button to be able to push it off or on mm -hmm. so um, that's unique too so um, you know we have no say on anything like that um, I'm not super familiar with syscoins um, but I know I think they have the blockchain foundry or something around there, and they may I think that might be a for profit too. So I think any of these for profit um, run projects ultimately don't have a, a, a governance system like we have. You know, we have no say in anything. So I mean, we can build in safeguards, which we will uh, to protect you know our foundation and ourselves, but we're not. Um, single out we can't single out individual people um, or vendors or anything um, we're also uh, another big one so so far it's not for profit is a big one passive income governance and then um, trustless so um, like I said with the transactions um, Bitcoin operates on a trustless model so you can you just need people connected to computers and peer-to-peer -peer, and that's that works. Um, there's no need for a third party to verify any transaction you send. Um, the same way it works with our marketplace. So we don't have moderators or we don't have control, obviously, like I said, of anything on there. So we use smart contracts on Bit Bitcoin's code base, but it's particle. We use smart contracts to do two-person escrow. So um, it's way different than anything, any shopping experience here because Basically, both the buyer and seller have to put skin in the game so that they don't get um, scammed or anything happens. So typically, the buyer just or the seller just has to ship an item and uh, wait for the buyer to say they got it. And if, if they never say they got it, then there's a company to go back on that says, hey, you, did you get this or not? And if not, then we're going to take your money back and give it back to the seller, you know, stuff like that. Uh, with a system like us, we don't have that kind of, like we have no say on anything. So it's a two person to person. So with our trustless escrow, you have to, uh, like the seller, or the seller actually has to put in a certain amount, zero to 100% of the value of that product. They can dictate it. And then the buyer has to actually match that. And that goes into a contract that they both get back at the end of the transaction, at the end of the sale. So um, so the buyer would pay the price of the item plus whatever the seller says, you have to also pay this too on top of that because I'm going to pay that. So it's interesting. You know, we'll see how it works. But for us, it's, you know, we really wanted to have that lack of third party, no need for third party to be involved in any of this. This is... Uh, purely empowering people, the freedom and stuff to people. So we offer a trust, fully trustless system. We don't have moderators. We don't have um, 
a company that could pretty much change things at will if they wanted to or, or delist things. And then the biggest would be privacy for the fifth thing. Um, we, uh, you know, none of the other decentralized marketplaces offer privacy like we like we have. Um, they have pseudo privacy and stuff um, just because of the nature of cryptocurrency. But, um, you know, we have built in privacy in our coin. Um, all our escrows that I was saying, the, the smart contracts, those use confidential transactions. So nobody can see the price of things that you're buying. They can maybe see that you guys did a deal, but they don't know if you bought a TV or if you bought like, you know, pack of gum or something. So <laughs> they can't tell the price to kind of guess, you know. Um, and then the biggest thing for us, which really isn't a feature, but um, it will be available just by the nature of encryption is private listings, which no other uh, decentralized marketplace does. And basically a private listing is um, something that's not governed because nobody knows you actually created it. Um, they don't know that you sold anything, bought anything, invited anybody to it, um, shipped any nothing. Like it's just like any of the messaging apps like Telegram or, or Signal, Price Signal, where uh, nobody knows that you guys, if you're signal to signal, um, you know, chatting, people don't know what's inside that message or that you guys, you know, you know, had any kind of conversation or anything like that. So, so those would be the, you know, there's a bunch of decentralized markets places that are out. Um, well, not a bunch, but a handful. I think we're all trying to do the same thing. Uh, but for particle, you know, particle marketplace, um, being the fact that we're nonprofit passive, we can offer passive income to part holders. Uh, you know, part holders are governors on this platform, so it's self-governed. Um, it's trustless, so there's no third-party anything. It's all peer-to-peer, -peer, and it's private. Um, you know, those five things, to me, uh, get me excited about the project. So, um, And I think ultimately could set us apart, not necessarily make us, you know, we're not maximalists. It's, it's not like it's our marketplace or you're just dumb for shopping anywhere else, you know. So, um, but it, you know, that's the value we have, so. Good deal. Now, where do you see Particle going, and what's your guys' kind of five-year vision or plan? Uh, the five-year, we were, th I think, you know, f three years out, I think we'll start um, kind of being uh, heard about, you know. I mean, it's going to take some time. The first release of stuff is probably specifically just for cryptocurrency people that are already in the space, you know. I would assume, there. you know, we may start to reach out to uh, conf or conventions where people do e-commerce and and um, or different things where there's people outside of the crypto space, but I think the initial, you know, year at least of establishing ourselves will be probably cryptocurrency people already in the space. Three years out, I could see us doing um, kind of being record or known, I guess, by potentially bigger e-commerce sites. Um, but also just vendors that are being um, that are using those sites. So particle marketplace could be an option. People probably won't take their stuff off Amazon selling or eBay just because of the reach that they have. But it's another outlet. It's another outlet. It's, so it's an option, just like it's a shopping option for 
uh, buyers, it's a selling option for shop for uh, vendors. So we could offer, you know, obviously lower fees and, and privacy and different things like that, but um, not nearly the volume. I think even at three years. Um, but I'd like to think, you know, the goals that we have, we'd probably like to be at least known by those power sellers. And then um, five years out, I think um, I could see us being, um, you know, definitely a, a not like a viable option, but a, um, I guess like a, uh, I could see like companies like eBay or Amazon or um, even integrations like Shopify or that kind of stuff start to see us in their rearview mirrorness, you know. I guess in a way, mm-hmm. not not that we're, our goal is to take those guys over, but I would I would like to think in five years, um, you know, some sort of percent of a market share could start to be gauged with um, either coming out from decentralized marketplaces in in general in the crypto space or ours in general or ours specifically, but you know, s- to have some portion of that online e-commerce share, I could see probably not really having any. Uh, measurable metric of that till maybe five years out. So that would be, you know, Amazon's 20 years old now, I think, and eBay is about 20 years old, or they're just over 20 years old each. So, you know, that would be five years for us just kind of getting rolling. And when you look at their lifespan and the amount of money they have, I think, you know, I'd like to think that we'd at least be, you know, a pr- either a viable option or a um, not not a threat but just something that's maybe taking some share mm-hmm. out of that that niche so okay. yeah now kind of what I want to parlay into is the we had like a crazy year in crypto last year I guess kind of towards the last end of the year with just to kind of all these coins exploding to different heights coinbase having hundreds of thousands of accounts being added to it monthly, Mm -hmm. just something else. Now, it rose super high, kind of crashed a little bit, kind of getting its legs back. Where do you think Bitcoin is going now that you have these altcoins coming out and, you know, the inflection of price and everything like that? A lot of newbies, a lot of people who don't know what they're doing. Where is it going? Okay. Um, Well, Bitcoin proper just bitcoin like in my mind bitcoin's king so um even with all the drama that happened you know it's still way up this year what was way up last year um i could see i've seen different predictions um i feel like the crypto space in general will be just like last year this year um i might be wrong but um i don't really see it stopping i i feel like it's just it's like the early adopters of the late adopters have came last year, right? Now it's the those people telling a bunch of people about it, and that whole wave I think is going to make 2018 just like 2017. Um, so uh, Bitcoin, I feel like, probably could hit maybe 50,000 this year. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it could be. You know, I, I'd love to see that. Uh, I don't see any reason why it couldn't. Um, because, you know, there's mainstream adoption stuff. Like you said, Coinbase is adding, you know, thousands of new accounts daily. So, and there's only 21 million coins available. So, mm-hmm. 
when you know when you have a limited supply and a mad rush of new accounts and people getting into it the price to me seems like it'll go up yeah it's an it's gonna go up yeah. now with it being kind of that high um do you think it kind of deters people from investing in it i think so um i think that trend started to show itself at the end of the year uh and then definitely in this year, just in the couple weeks we've been in 2018, I think the trend's been, okay, <clears throat> this is sort of the mindset, at least I, I feel like everybody that's been in it for a while feels like. Um, they see, so they see uh, new people coming in and seeing, why would I own a $15,000 coin when, when I can't, either I can't afford that or why would I own just one of those when I can own, you know, a million penny coins or under $5 coins and the potential for those coins to go up 10 times or 20 times seems way more um, valid or believable, sorry, believable than Bitcoin going another 10 times or whatever. So I think a lot of the new people coming in, obviously, feel like they might have missed the money rush, which they haven't. I mean, we're still like super early in this whole process. It is higher than it used to be last year, and it's higher than it used to be, you know, five years ago. But um, I think this is just beginning. But the, so the mindset of a lot of people, I think, are coming in saying it's like a penny stock uh, mindset. So what's under five bucks? What has the biggest potential to go up? And uh, another thing I think they're looking at is just price per coin versus the whole metric of everything. The aspect of everything, the teams, the company itself. Yeah. They're just seeing that it's a 30-cent coin and it's went up to 50 cents and they're trying to cash yeah. in. Yeah, there's a lot of emotion, um, a lot of uh, uh, no trading experience or their trading experience, but all they're used to trading is penny stocks kind of thing. This isn't everybody but this is the majority this is yeah i think and this is uh influencing the price rise for a lot of other projects other than bitcoin mm -hmm. i think bitcoin is uh doing a stable rise and it's it's uh it's not deserved but um it's not shocking really i mean it, to be honest it is from last year at this time to now but um, when you see the whole space and the amount of people that came in, it's not really that shocking. Um, but, you know, the new people that are coming in, they're just looking at the price. Um, they're not looking at team or doing research. A lot of them are in groups where they're being influenced by people that are essentially making uh, pump groups that pump up prices. They grab profit. and So it's an easy way to make money. Um, they don't care about the tech. And... Um, basically you don't you, they ignore the market cap um the market cap uh parameter which is you know the total value of the cryptocurrency project so like on coinmarketcap.com you can look at all the the market caps everything and bitcoin's the big one um it's you know i don't even know a couple hundred billion dollar market cap something like that now i'm almost 300 billion um, you have these coins that are in the top 20 that are junk projects um, that have no development, no team, no vision, no anything, but they're under a dollar. 
So people have been buying them and in the process of buying them and buying them thinking, okay, I have a 10 cent one that's going to go to two bucks at least or 10 bucks at least. Um, they've inflated the market cap to where now all of a sudden you have a $2 billion project. Like yeah. Dogecoin a really good example just recently. Now they have an awesome community. They've sponsored uh, NASCAR for a couple years. You know, they had a NASCAR car for a few years. They even sponsored some stuff to send satellites to the moon and different so they you know they're a low value coin with a really cool community but started out as a joke um and there's no development that's happened on that project for two years no no new anything so they're working off of a bitcoin um, code base that's from like 2013 probably so it's not as secure as you know with all the security updates that they've got now um it's not been kept up to date. So no developer activity for two years. But it just did a big bump to over like a billion dollars mm-hmm. for no reason. I mean, when you look at the – so a billion dollars, I think at one point there was there's a project – I'm not going to bash other projects that I don't know about, but I know like Tron is another one right now that is getting a lot of heat. Um, it's a real new project, might be newer than ours, and um, – it's under. It's got a huge amount of supply, so it's under a buck, or I don't know what it's at now, but um, it jumped up to sixteen billion dollars project, and uh, it was like a top twenty or top ten project maybe at one point. And um, all it has to show is uh, it has a really good C- CEO that started it. He's like real well rena- renowned, uh, like an under thirty guy. Mm-hmm top 30 under 30 kind of guy um but you know they have a six page white paper and that's it and they have a really high supply they have a low price per coin and they jumped to 16 billion which at at that point i thought someone was saying that they were as that's as valuable as twitter oh wow and this is a i think that's what someone was saying that twitter is like a 16 billion dollar company so these are people that um you know, uh, you can't really justify that. That's just crazy stuff that's happening in crypto right now. So I don't know. It's it's really hard to figure out. So this year, I think, I think you'll continue seeing that. I think there's a lot of people that right now the mindset I'm going to make all all my money, and then uh, and then there'll come a point where they're like, okay, I'm done doing that. What's the real projects? What are, what are they doing? You know, so. It's hard for projects like ours. So particles, um, we had a good day yesterday, but um, particles, uh, I don't know, it's like $25 right now or something. I think we had like 35 yesterday. But so we're when you go to that coin market cap, we're like r- ranked like 150 or something like that, which is crazy. Um, we feel like we're real undervalued. We're not doing this for the speculative portion of that, but... Um, our coin is 25 or 30 bucks, so we're falling into that category of new investors are like, well, I only have 500 bucks. Why would I buy, you know, like 20 of those right. when I can buy millions of this other one? So, but when you look at market cap, you look at, so Doge is, you know, never developed and it's a billion and we're, you know, maybe 200,000, you know, if we're going to, ju- you know, that's like a, 
what's that, like a 10 times jump just to hit to, or it's even more than that, maybe. 20, you know, two, it's like a 10 times jump that we would have to do. So we'd have to go to $200 to be able to match that. To be on that level. But when you look at our team, you know, we have like 24 people, I think now, almost all full time. And we're doing, uh, we're working on the latest Bitcoin code. We're doing privacy that, you know, first first team to do confidential transactions, first one to do ring signatures, or ring CT and Bitcoin, because Monero is built on a crypto note. Um, we're doing a bunch of stuff. Um, we have relationships with New Jersey Institute of Technology. They're, we have a grant with them where they're researching our code, peer reviewing it. Um, we have all these things. But when it comes, if it's always coming down to price, you can't really compete. You know, it doesn't matter what the tech is. That's one thing I've learned in this space is it doesn't matter what tech you have. The community is like community is community is king. It's the most valuable asset you have. If you can get those guys um, super pumped up and, 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 and doing, you know, just kind of spreading the word and just, you know, shilling, you know, your whole project. And, and just talking about it and stuff, it just really drives way more than any marketing we can do and any tech we can produce. You know, it's 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 really crazy. And a lot of that's driven by money. So, you know, money that's coming in. So, right. So, because if you, if you get a, like Verge is a good example. If you get a, you know, these guys, for two years, most of the crypto space wrote them off. I think at some point they were trading like 150 bucks a day or something crazy like that. For a couple of years, it was like that. In February, it um, was the same. Um, if you invested 100 bucks in Verge in, in January, that was worth a million by the end of the year. Oh, wow. And it was one developer working on it. Um, they were basically doing, they were a privacy coin, but they're not, um, like I said, I'm not going to bash other coins, but their privacy coin uh, that their community was saying, this is the best coin, best privacy, you know, top shelf privacy, this and that. And it's essentially um, doing what any coin can do. Uh, they built apps so that they were running over Tor. So it was hiding your IP address. That was it. You know, like you had asked earlier about our privacy. And I gave you all this big spiel about our cryptography and ring signatures and dual stealth stuff. Um, they weren't doing any of that. They were basically building apps that hid your IP address. And if you didn't use that app, you're still just as open as Bitcoin or whatever. Right. And if you ran Dogecoin over Tor or Particle over Tor or anything, you know, like Spankcoin over Tor or something like that, you have just as much privacy. But you have this group of people that held these coins when they were like thousands of a penny all of a sudden they're millionaires mm -hmm. or they're like really well off. They're going to talk about this coin forever. Right. You know, it's not going away. It hit nearly 3 billion. Yeah. John McAfee, who was the security, uh, the guy that did McAfee's, um, virus stuff. Um, he's a Bitcoin miner and, uh, he was saying that's his best privacy coin besides, you know, Monero and Zcash. So, um, he was hyping it, so everybody was like, well, if he likes it, we got to right. like it. We got to like it, too. Yeah, and so he was saying, you know, like, this is, I think at three cents, he was like, I could see this going to a buck or even 15 bucks, which would, 
I think even at a buck, it puts it like higher than Ethereum. This is a one person, you know, one person show here. That's a privacy coin that's not necessarily privacy, you know. I mean, they develop products, but if you don't use those, it's not a private coin. And it's worth more than, you know, Ethereum, which every project's using and has a huge developer community. And then at 15, it would be like, I don't even know what it would be worth, way over Bitcoin. So it's just ridiculous, but um, it's it's, kind of the space we're in right now so i don't know it's um it's an interesting space i i think as a whole i think we're going to go up like my vision for particle i guess at the end of the year uh not that we're pushing this it's my own opinion it has nothing to do with my company or project but i would feel like you know we're sitting at 25 or 30 right now um, with what we're doing and with the marketplace that everybody can use, I could see us being 1,200 or so by the end of the year, which would put us at a $10 billion valuation, which would kind of be a top 30 coin. And I only say that because I think we're actually one of the coins, one of the projects that's actually trying to change things, like trying to change the the world and the future and how we do stuff. So we're offering you know, a shopping experience, a choice to do, but it, you know, offers privacy and freedom and that kind of stuff. So we're actually doing stuff other than being speculative on exchanges. So I feel like we're one of the projects, one of maybe the 20 or 30 projects that actually are going to do something. I hope by the end of the year, I think sometime this year, we, I would like to think we'd hit that amount. Hit that milestone. Yeah. So um, last year when we started, I was thinking, well, maybe when I was laying out our PR plan uh, with announcements and the tech we were going to release and stuff, I I had pegged June for our time to hit a billion, a billion market cap, June of this year, which would have been around 110 bucks or so, 100 bucks a coin. So we're at 30 something right now. I mean, we had kind of internally were thinking about 25 or 30 by the end of the year we'd see. Because we really don't have a marketplace. I mean, it's all just vaporware until we actually show stuff. So um, we still have to deliver that. But um, for our project, I think I felt like $1 billion was a stretch when I wrote that last year. After seeing what's happened now, to me, $10 billion, it's hard for me to say. Um, just from my history, but um, to be honest, I think it's more than doable in this environment. Yeah, it's a very feasible thing to happen. Mm-hmm. With what I've seen with people doing nothing and it going up. So um, we'll see. But it's an interesting space. It's, uh, you know, Ripple's another one that's done, um, you know, it's been, you know, it was like pennies on the dollar and it went over to $3. Yeah, now so. all of a sudden it's a top five coin, I think. I think it's, at one point it was two two or three. Yeah. It's been a top five, top eight coin for a number of years, a long time. And a lot of that was specific purely because it's a hot, it has a lot of uh, tokens. I mean, like just a ton of tokens. So you put like a low number, like a 10 cents to that it's going to be worth a lot of money anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you put out like 100 billion coins, you know, if they're worth a penny, you know, that's a billion dollars right there. So, I mean, market 
excuse me. So I think that's sort of, you know, what that is. So, so yeah, there's some projects like, you know, and they have a lot of good uh, things that they're doing too. So, you know, I mean, like they're working with banks and Ripple is at least. They're working with banks and doing relationships. They've got guys that know what they're doing. Um, so, you know, they're doing a lot of stuff. Personally, I don't like their business model, but because um, I feel like it's centralized and not the uh, pure way that, you know, like Satoshi Nakamoto did with Bitcoin and like all of us do with uh, the projects. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, they are doing a lot of good stuff, too. Now, I saw that they have over, I think, like, they own, like, 70% of the, or not 70% of the, they own a large amount of coins, like a large amount. Yeah. Now, what issues are, could they run into, say, because they can do whatever they want with those coins, whatever they want. So, mm -hmm. what kind of issue can you run into with that, necessarily? Um, <clears throat> I think that's a huge, <clears throat> I think that's a huge issue with, um, some of the projects that I think will get flushed out, um, maybe not necessarily with them because they've been a while, but some of these other new coins are like that. But so they, yeah, they own a. Re so they made all their coins up front. So you had asked earlier about mining and staking. They don't do any of that. So the consensus is done by trust nodes on their network. So you, anybody can sign up to be a trust node, and you basically. Um, just are verifying stuff, but you don't get paid or anything from it. It's more of a notoriety thing. Not that you just go around saying I'm a trust node, but um, <clears throat> so they don't have mining or staking. So the consensus then all of a sudden isn't necessarily um, decentralized. Um, they hu hold a huge amount of coins. So when, I, when they first came out, um, I remember on Bitcoin Talk, they started a, uh, which is a forum, um, they started a thread and it's like, we're creating Ripple, we created all the coins, we're giving away 50,000 for every one that, anybody that puts their address in will give 50,000 Ripple. So they had billions of them, so 50,000 really isn't that much, but enough to give away and get people excited. So it was like a hundred or thousand page thread with just Ripple addresses and they just kind of fed ripples to everybody they didn't double up so if you put your address in twice they wouldn't pay that but there were all kinds of new accounts created so people were kind of triple dipping and right so um that's how they did their initial distribution was they kind of gave them away and that was a small percentage you know maybe i would gather maybe not even a billion coins that way Possibly, but a billion's a lot, and fifty thousand's not very much. Mm -hmm. So it take a lot to get there. Um, and then they're like like Chris Larson, I think's their president or one of their founders. I think he owns like seventeen percent of them or something. Oh. It's like thirty. At one point, um, either to end the year or start the year, he was the richest man in the world. When when Ripple went to thirty, I think he was. He had peaked over a hundred billion dollars worth just from his holdings in Ripple. That is nuts. Yeah, so um, it's not like he went and sold them, but he create. You know, these guys created all the coins and they divvied them up and they got percentages of them. Um, any so that's seventeen percent that somebody has a huge influence on what that what's going on on that. I think the company as a whole just locked up 
55 billion, I think I was reading, of them. So that took 55 billion off. But if you look at coin market cap, there's 30, I might be getting my numbers right, but I think it's 33 billion coins that are available for, that are in, in the um, circulation. 66, so two thirds of them aren't. They're kind of out of circulation right now. 55 billion of those, which isn't the full amount, are locked up for a certain amount of time, like two years or something. Um, so the fact that um, people can uh, change that, the amount of supply that's out there just, you know, really quick with, you know, just have that much of an influence. And the fact that 55 billion, still more than half of the coins, like to me, that's it. That's kind of a red flag. I don't want to get involved in that. I'm cool with that they're joining with banks and that kind of stuff. But as an investor in crypto, like I wouldn't invest in that. I used to have Ripple. A lot of it was free Ripple, you know, uh, that they gave away and stuff. But um, right now, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be one I invest in. Um, and uh, I kind of use that as a metric for me when I look at new ICOs that are planning to, to release their um, coins. A lot of these, so a lot of these companies start with, um, you know, white paper, which isn't truly a white paper. It's just a business plan, but, you know, five or 10 page business plan that basically says, this is what we're going to, we want to do, but we need your money to be able to do it. We don't have a prototype or anything like that. That's a typical ICO pitch. Um, and what the way we're going to distribute it is we're going to have, so this is all run by your money we're collecting, but we have a pie chart and 40% of all our supply goes to you guys. 60%, which is more than, more than half, we're going to put into other stuff. So we're going to put it into community like bounties and we're going to put it into, um, paying our advisors and development team and maybe some for, um, early investors or something like that. So, so all the money they raise only goes to 40% of the people and then the rest is all. So when you look at it like that, they're like, instant money grabs you know they're but this is how the whole everybody is working now sometimes that'll um go down to where uh you know i i tend to like projects that at least have a background or a prototype but also are only keeping a small amount to be able to um to either pay developers you know some, a lot of projects don't make foundations like we do so they're actual companies so they need to be able to pay the bills and pay the people building it or they won't have any product. So saving some of that for salary and stuff is good. But if you're not giving, if you're collecting all the money without putting any skin in and you're um, only giving, if you're giving, you know, less than 80% of that or something, or, or yeah, less than that, you know, I kind of tend to stay away. But, you know, you that's all research and, you know, there's there's only a, there's certain people that are good investors that know how to do that research and there's mm -hmm. other ones that could you know they just look at the graphics or they look at uh, the price or listen to what their buddy told them and then they what, go buy this coin and that coin yeah yeah so there you know it takes some diligence in there and you know I am no expert on all the coins there's too many um, 
there are favorites of mine that I have, but I'm um, just from my own research. But, um, <clears throat> you know, that's just stuff you got to, if you're going to get into the space as an investor, you got to be able to do your own research. Yeah, be smart about it. Put in the work or you're going to get spanked and you're yeah. going to lose money. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, exactly. It, it, and it might not happen right away. You might ride a couple big waves and be like riding high. Right. But sooner or later, without with just relying on people uh, and, and emotions, you're going to get caught at some point. It's, it's just going to happen. So, um, you know, the safer bet. But, I, you know, to be honest, I think this is one of the benefits of the regulation they have in investors. So typically with VCs, you have to be a accredited investor before you can um, invest in stuff. So this is actually the crypto space now is a means for anybody, even college kids or high school kids, to invest in companies potentially. Right. So it's a great opportunity, but I think there's some validity in the regulation that they have in place where you need to um, – it's purely just to protect investors. So um, if you're riding emotions and stuff like that, you're going to get hurt. And they're, the SEC's there to protect you from getting hurt, you know, where they can kind of regulate these companies. In the crypto space, they really can't. They, they have stopped projects. They're starting to kind of beef up their um, diligence in stopping these ICOs. They've, they've stopped some and had them return their funds because they're, they're pitching their um, product as a security, which you can't do. You're not allowed to do that. Um, you can't be making um, new projects as like either a share in a company or a security or anything like that. It's you know there's got to be a point to it. You you want that utility. There's got to be a use for it. If it's just for speculation, more than likely you know you're gonna get you're gonna feel it from the governing bodies too. Even if you're not in the U.S., I think they have a pretty strong reach so I don't know um, but yeah as an as a investor you're going to want to it is I guess the best advice I can give is just do your own research you know which takes time yeah you so. got to put in the work now going back what are kind of some of your favorite coins this year that you, you think would be a pretty decent bet I think uh, I really like salt it's probably my one of my top holdings that I have personally and I really like it have you heard of it yeah okay so yeah if for anybody that hasn't it's a uh, it's blockchain back back loans I think is their their tag phrase and it's a really cool concept it's something that I haven't seen in the space and I think it's useful it so there's a lot of new wealth in crypto uh, and it's a lot of wealth that banks don't necessarily care about. They don't recognize, like real banks, you know. Um, to them, it's just could still be funny money or whatever, magic Internet money. <laughs> so um, this this is actually started by, well, I don't know if he started it, but a group of people that are involved in Shapeshift and Eric Voorhees, who's part of that company, and others, he's on the board. Um so they have a reputation. They've delivered stuff. They have products. Um, this is basically just a blockchain back loan. So they, so if you have Bitcoin, um, instead of selling it uh, for selling it in Coinbase to get money 
and that ends up in your bank to be able to do a car loan or a house loan or anything like that. Um, you don't have to sell it anymore. And, and the, the, the bad side about that one is basically you um, lose on any future profits from that Bitcoin. So if you had like three Bitcoin and you wanted to take 40000 out or something, you have to sell it and um, you get your money and you do your $40,000 payment or whatever or loan. Um, if you were to keep that, though, if you were to still have that three Bitcoin, like in a couple years or even later this year, if it hits fifty thousand, that would have been one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth. That you, you know, so there's a amount you're missing by selling that Bitcoin by cashing it out. With Salt, you can actually use that Bitcoin as leverage or as collateral. So they, so you could use it as collateral to get a bank, a real loan from a real bank. They give you cash. Um, and they recognize your Bitcoin as collateral. So that doesn't happen in the real world. This is just through SALT relationships they've built. Um, and then once you pay off that loan, you actually get your Bitcoin back. So you don't miss out on future profits. So that's one. I haven't seen that kind of a model around. I think it's a really interesting model, one that I'll probably use at some point. So we have a good investment in that. Um, EOS is another one I think is really good. I don't necessarily know if it's good at this price point that it's at because they still are doing an ICO fundraising. It's like a year-long process. And so they rake in millions of dollars daily from the price that EOS is at right now. Um, I'll be interested to see how much they actually finally raise. But, you know, we, just going back to what we did, we raised less than a million and we're coming up on our nine months where we're going to deliver our marketplace MVP. And uh, we could do that with less than a million. With a 24-person team, like top-notch designers, uh, developers, uh, and we can do all that with that. Now, here's a project that's raising millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars daily. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the heck they need all that for. But... They're trying to build something like Ethereum is, um, which is a super compute, uh, decentralized computer, basically where you can build apps off and stuff like that. So um, I think it might have some kind of merit, but uh, I think it's kind of high right now. Salt, I, I don't think Salt's high right now. Um, they sell it on their website for twenty-seven fifty. Um, so I would assume they're gonna try to peg it at a price so it's at 13 right now so you could double that uh you know if they were to hypothetically buy them all up from the market to get it to that price mm -hmm. um, which would take some money but you know if they have a plan to peg it at that price there's got to be some kind of plan to uh nail that peg down so buying anything under 27.50 or 25 so it's at 11 or 12 or 13 something like that so that could easily, you know, double. But I like the functionality of it. But also as an investment, it's something where it's like no-brainer. If it's going to somehow go to that point, I'm going to put money into it until it gets to that point at least. Um, I really like Bat Token, which is uh, built by um, Brave Company, which has a browser. It, the guy that started Mozilla, or I don't know if he started, but he was a big part of Mozilla. He's the guy behind Brave, who's behind the BAT token, basic attention token. 
basically it's a way for it has a function there's it's a way for uh, people that visit websites to pay the website operators for the content that they are producing so um, they don't have ads in the browse in brave browser or a limited amount so like content creators and stuff like that don't have a way to get paid without ads so they created a token based on bitcoin that can pay at that can pay the can content pay. creator yeah. for what they're doing yeah and this is the guy that created javascript too which is run on every device yeah it's everywhere uh, yeah so he's got street cred um so his token's great it's kind of dropped in value but it i think it's a really good one they had a crazy ico where they raised oh i'm thinking it's a number of million dollars it might have been like 35 million bucks in 30 seconds or something nuts. ridiculous. They opened the gates and it was done. Just like that. But I think his street cred probably did that. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that have been. I haven't done a whole lot of research mm -hmm. recently. Um, there's a project, Cardano, um, which has a stellar team, the, uh, Charles Hoskinson, uh, who's was one of the original Ethereum founders. Uh, and then he left that when they decided to split and they became Ethereum Classic and Ethereum. He's part of the Ethereum Classic team, but he also has a company, IOHQ or HK, which is um, a company and it's a bunch of researchers and um, people like that, but scientists. And they have a new project called Cardano um, that I think is really good, but I feel like that's really high. It was a low coin, like a low price coin. So it started December and like, I don't know, it was like 20 or 30 cents and it's, um, or maybe that's not right, but it, it's grown like a crazy amount just because it was, a, it was a high supply and a low price. Low price coin. So it hit $10 billion worth before, faster even than Ethereum did, which was the fastest at that point. And it's over $20 billion now. It's a top five coin, Cardano, and they... Mm -hmm. They've been around for three or four years, but they just launched their coin um, late summer, I think. So that's pretty crazy to be that high. Um, and I don't know if they even have a product yet. I think they have a relationship with a university who's using uh, Cardano blockchain for theirs, but it's not the same blockchain, so it has no value to the their coin is ADA, so ADA or something. Um I think that's it. To be honest, I think a good play, this is purely speculative, but I think it will happen. Um, I think Litecoin will probably have a big year. Um, <clears throat> there, uh, Charlie Lee, who uh, you know I've spoken to a number of times in the past, um, he sold all his Litecoin. Yeah, that he he's cashed had. out his earnings. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Uh, he just, he used to be at Coinbase for a while, Litecoin even, you know, like I was saying about Dogecoin, having a period of no development. Litecoin kind of went through the same thing, and Charlie's even notorious for saying at one point, there's no need to develop Litecoin anymore. It's fine how it is. Um, we're not going to develop it anymore. There's like a, I think he said that maybe in 2015 or something like that. It was a couple years ago, but it seemed silly at the time, but really it was, you know, so it was stagnant for about four bucks forever. 
well, he started to help a little bit. And I, they don't, they're not doing a ton of development, but they're building relationships. So we've talked to them about atomic swaps, which we're doing. Um, and I've talked to him some about uh, confidential transactions, which they want to do on there. So that's the privacy we have that was designed by Greg Maxwell, who's a core Bitcoin guy uh, developer. They just haven't put it on to Bitcoin yet, but it was his research that we used. Um, Charlie Lee wants to do that on Litecoin. So Litecoin would become private then, which it would be a privacy coin if they ever did that. The transaction fees are too high right now. So he's being very, uh, same with us, because it's not, it's not a default, but he's being, uh, we're being very um, cos- cognizant of if someone's running Litecoin on their computer like a full node, it takes a lot of memory to be able to do that. And when you add confidential transactions at like two, 20 times that. Yeah, beats so, it up. Yeah. So, um, but hit, that's one of his goals this year is to, I think it's this year, to put confidential transactions on. You know, they're definitely doing atomic swaps. They're working with direct integration into OpenBazaar, who we were talking to. We're going to put them into particle market. So they're going to have a lot of use cases. And to be honest, uh, this is what I do when I'm... Um, when I am moving coins typically nowadays, especially if I'm going to Coinbase for whatever reason or different things, I tend to skip the long amount of time it takes Bitcoin to move. Um, I used to do this with Ethereum where I would put everything into Ethereum, but I think Ethereum's slowing down with all the stuff on it. I tend to put it into Litecoin and it gets places fast. So it's doing what it says. It's supposed to be a faster version of bitcoin um so i feel like that might end up making it more valuable yeah having a really good year yeah so it's under 300 it hit 400 at one point but uh if it you know goes to 800 or a thousand this year i probably wouldn't be surprised if it does that and it could probably even go to two or three thousand potentially but um depending on what happens but i think that might be a that's purely speculative, but I think that might be a interesting. So a it's, good it's got the history. It's got crazy users. It's not missing anything, and it's fast. Yeah, so. has all the right buttons. Yeah, it's expensive, but you know you don't need to have one Litecoin. You can have percentage. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, i i tend to I tend to move my Bitcoin into there to be able to move it where I need to move it if I have to. So I. I imagine I'm not the only person to do that or notice the uh, the ease that is or the potential or the benefit that is. So that, to me, adds value to it. I don't know. Right. So if I had $5,000, I'm sitting here, and I want to get involved in crypto, what's my best play? Uh, particle. No. Particle. <laughs> <laughs> I do think we're you know, very good play for that. Um <clears throat> Let's see. To be honest, this is what I tell my family that's starting to get into it. Um, I think I think the safest play, you open up a Coinbase account and they take they take four coins, but I would skip Bitcoin Cash. They put um, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin. You could put Bitcoin Cash in there too, but I would split the five thousand into those. And that's a very conservative play, but mm-hmm. um, potentially could be great because, um, you know, that 
those all seem to rise. Um, that's conservative. Um, that's an even one-third, one-third, one-third. So if one goes up and the other go down, you're not losing at all. And if all go up, it's good. And if two go up, it's great. So that's conservative. I, I, I could see doing that myself, 5,000 into all three split. Um, a, a less conservative one, I would, I would definitely look at salt. Um, I would, uh, I think our project's definitely valid. Um, I, th I feel like we may see a hundred bucks by the end of the month. It's, you know, who knows what happens with that. And like I said, I think we'll be 1200 potentially by the end of the year. Um, and we're actually doing stuff. So, I, you know, I'd pitch ours. Um, so I think salt, I think particle, which is part, um, I think uh, EOS is a good play. So there's kind of like a mix of ones that might be a little high right now, like EOS is probably a little high. Salt might be a little high, but when you think that they're supposed to be at 25, it's not high. But it'd be nice to be able to get it at six and kind of four times it or something. So I think a couple months ago it was at three forever. So that was a really good one. Yeah, I think I got in when it was at like $5 or yeah, something so like that. Yeah, perfect. So you can, you know, potentially five times that. Um, and it's a good project. So you're making money plus it's really a good project. Um, so I think now a lot of these are ones that I am familiar with uh, and just mentioned a little while ago. So um, salt, particle, and EOS might be good ones to get into. Um, trying to think. I feel like all the – I'm staying away from the penny ones as the mid kind of conservative play just because I think um, they might have hit their peak already. Mm -hmm. So getting into them now, you're going to be holding bags versus – um, waiting. So you could potentially take that 5,000 and say, okay, well, this one's, this one's built a good community. You know, you might look for all just good communities. So, um, you know, to, even though Tron might be junk and Verge might be junk, um, just in my opinion, but not necessarily that's true. Um, they have an awesome community, awesome community of people. So, um, they might potentially do stuff, you know, those could be um, ones where you put the price at a certain, you kind of look at the chart and you kind of maybe say, well, their high was here, maybe at 60% of that high, they might, it might go back down to that. And then it, and then maybe it'll grow again or something. I don't know. Uh, you might not just buy it at the market price, but you might put that 5,000 lower, you know, like use that or split it up. Um, I think a couple other ones I didn't talk about, but I are good our ARK, A-R-K, really good project. I think PIVX um, is a really good project, and they have an awesome community. Both ARK and PIVX, which is P-I-V-X, both those are good. And Decred, which is D-C-R, you know, those three by themselves, maybe those are the mid-play I would probably play with, besides Particle, Salt, and EOS, but I've already said I've kind of got a hand in those. Um, I used to have ARK. I, I, did the ICO for ARC, but I don't have any left. Um, and PIVX I never was part of, but they're, we're actually thinking of bringing them in to Particle uh, as our use case for bringing in other cur cryptocurrencies because we're going to have to start spreading out to other communities. Their community is awesome. 
Uh, we know they're developers. They were investors in Shadow Cash, so and probably Particle too. Um, so there's some connection there. Um, but they're a really good privacy coin. Uh, they just did zero coin on their um, privacy, so they're really good. Uh, Arc, Pivx, and what was the last? Oh, Decred, which is old Bitcoin developers that are that built their own with governance on top. So Pivx has governance, which is a big topic this year. Um, Decred does as well. And and then Arc is, you know, really good. So maybe those three would be my mid. And if you're going for junk, um, to be honest, uh, I mean, the most bang for your buck, you're going to probably look for the low market cap or the low price coins with high supply. Uh, I'll just tell you my junk one that I um well it'd probably be beneficial to tell you anyway because then it helped me but um (laughs) I have so all these old projects have pumped well there's a light doge which is so doge coins pop popped for no development or no reason verge which was dark coin doge doge dark coin or doge coin dark uh till they rebranded that one jumped um, there's a third one called Light Doge, which is L D O G E, which is only traded on like Cryptopia and something else. But um, and they actually lost their Bitcoin pairing, so they're trading under one Satoshi, which is the lowest Bitcoin price. So they're they're paired with Litecoin right now, so they're under one Satoshi. But uh, they have a really high supply and it's super cheap, um, and I don't think it could. I'm, in my mind you can't go lower than the lowest so you're not if you have fun money that you're gonna put in um or if you're looking for a pop that might be a good one um trying to find that ones that haven't done their run yet would probably be a good play so you know light doge might i have a substantial holding in that just it didn't cost me anything so if it pops then good for me yeah but uh, it may never, and I may never see that money again. So, you know, 5000 is a good amount. So maybe that's not what you end up doing. But that was a long answer to your yeah, question. That was a long Sorry. answer, but it was uh, <laughs> a lot of knowledge there. Paul, where can we find more uh, more about you and Particle at? Uh, particle.io is our website. So it's P-A-R-T-I-C-L, no E, uh, dot I-O. Um, we're in the middle of redoing that, so that'll hopefully be up in mid-February, but that's where you can find more about us. Um, we also have a wiki that has social channels, so you, so if you want to get involved, it's particle.wiki. Um, and in there, there's a social channels, and we're on Telegram, we're on Slack, uh, Riot, and Discord. So all those are linked. Our general chat's linked between all of those. So that's a good way to get kind of involved in the community, see what we're doing and that kind of stuff too. So um, Particle.io, Particle Wiki. And then if you want to follow us on our blog, it's Particle.news is uh, the website. So it's a blog post. All those kind of, you know, we do regular every couple days. We'll do some blog posts and stuff like that. And that's an easy way to stay up to date about Particle, learn what we're doing. So. Good deal. Well, I appreciate having you on. Uh, I've certainly learned a lot, and I hope everyone kind of, uh, you know, listens to this and can thrive in the cryptocurrency community. I really think it's a 
I'm excited about it as well as a lot of people are and uh, hope to see where it goes. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much, Paul, and uh, we'll see you again. Okay, thank you for having me. Appreciate it.